Hey, you guys, it's Kilowatt. I am on my own this evening. As much as I tried not to be, it is so. (laughs) I tried to, um, actually made about five different plans, five different plans, um, that all fell through and that's okay because sometimes that is necessary to process. And, um, I've been avoiding making podcasts because the last time I recorded, I said a lot of shit I regretted. And I find that that is a little bit of like a theme here. Um, and so, uh, there's a tendency to go back and forth between vibing higher and not allowing yesterday to ruin today. Um, but there's also that sorrow and that sadness that is ever present. And it is a painful, searing hot fire poker in the back of my throat and in the pit of my stomach. And it lives with me every day. And I'm so sorry that I've been absent. Um, I've been trying to do a lot of thoughts, like, uh, tracing where my feelings are and, and how I feel them and why I feel them and where it stems from. Cause there's usually a, a significant hurt that happened early that is triggered by an event. There's reasons why you follow your triggers. That's what, that's what it is. Follow your triggers and you'll be able to solve a lot of your core issues. But if you're too busy surrounding yourself with people and too busy intertwined in the mesh of love with another human, you don't get that opportunity. And so if you incur a lot of trauma and a lot of grief and sorrow and you compartmentalize it and put it away, you become a professional at running. And I fear that that is the case. And the biggest wound recently with front and I, um, opened up a lot of stuff for me and I had to, I had to sit in the silence of my own pain and just fucking feel it. And it, and it produced a lot of really unsavory, uncharacteristic, less than desirable, uh, venomous words that came out of my mouth because it just hurt so bad. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I am sorry that I subjected Brent and Kayla to that. At the same time, it doesn't change how I feel and it doesn't change what happened to me specifically as a person. There was a lack of communication and a lack of respect paid to me that is not It's not been answered with an apology. And I don't think I'll be able to get over that until I get one. Um, And so until that day, I'll just have to deal with this feeling of being betrayed and having some type of injustice occur in my life. Um, In the meantime, I, (laughs) I pick up on a vibe when I go out now. So... If you know me at all, when I feel very vulnerable, I spend a lot more time on how I look. I spend a lot more time getting ready. If I feel uncomfortable, if I feel unsure or uncertain or unsafe, it's like the outer portion of me, if it's flawless or if it's, 
you know, lovely, it feels impenetrable, like an impenetrable force, like a mask or a shield. And I spend a majority of my time, um, getting ready and, and, um, perfecting the look, the look, uh, of the exterior part of myself and the amount of time paid in that process depends greatly on how I feel on the inside. And so I've found that I've been incredibly OCD about my makeup and my hair and my clothing and my nails and my skin and just enough to drive a bitch mad. Okay. Like it has forced me to sort of tune in to, uh, to the things deep down that we don't notice right away. Like I have always had OCD tendencies. Like there's certain things that I do that are just fucking weird. Um, and I'm very, I need, I need to do them. Like I can't, there's no logic. I just have, like when I have my kids, Uh, when I make them food, I have to, I have to, I have to take a bite of their food before they eat it because I need to know that it's safe. I don't know why I fucking do that, but that's just how I feel. And so I've done that. I've done that to both my children. They'll both account for that. And like, Jesus Christ, dude, get off my ass. You piece of shit. I will find you. I got nothing to do tonight. Motherfucker. The last thing you want to do is piss me off. I could follow you for fucking hours. Um, and I'm an asshole. I will just to scare someone. Um, um, I have done that before and I know that that's crazy, but they really pissed me off and I wanted to fuck with them. And so anyway, um, I've been spending a lot of time going through that like process of looking at, you know, tendencies that we have or things that are sort of odd and looking deeper into it. Um, And as with everything, you sort of have to start at the beginning, you know, like you can't start a story in the middle and understand it. You have to understand where you came from, how you started, what your upbringing was, which is why when Brent would get so bothered, I would ask him about his childhood. I would ask him about his parents and how he was raised and all these different questions. And he would get so annoyed. He'd be like, why do you want to know all that? And I I would say like, well, that's your story. That's the beginning of your story. And we have to understand the whole. So let's look at it, you know, because I can't fully, you know, conceptualize who you are on a, on a, on a deeper level, unless I know everything about you. And I don't think that I ever truly did. And I think that that's something that really got in the way. But as with everything, when there's a deep hurt within ourselves, Specifically, when I met Brent, I had just left a really abusive marriage. Um, And today is actually my ex-husband, my first ex-husband's birthday. So, Brad, if you're listening, I'm sorry to share all these awful stories about you. But it was largely a contributing factor. Your behavior toward me, whatever it was that we went through in Jacksonville and our, in our marriage and our relationship, it was a contributing factor to who I am today, which is why I share these things. People always feel so attacked when I talk about them, but it's not necessarily them that I'm speaking of. It's how I became me and all the stories and all the things that you go through and survive 
are all contributing factors. And so, yeah, sometimes you go through some really fucked up shit, but it is to make you the core of yourself. Like you have to understand the mess that you are before you can understand anyone else. And that was my first mistake because I was so afraid to look at the abandonment issues I had with my mom. My mom had abandonment issues that she put onto me. Um, a lack of boundary setting because she was raised by narcissistic parents, you know, and then it just continued like that type of behavior and the way that you speak to someone is so harsh and cold and, um, blunt. And it's not so much intended as it is just thoughtless. And, um, that's what happens when your parents don't respect you and you're taught not to respect yourself, you have zero respect for other people. And I've learned that in the process of my life, I demanded so much respect from so many people, yet I wasn't willing to give it. And I think by crossing paths with such amazing, beautiful parents, like the way that Lisa talks to Braylon, the way that Oh, the asshole that cut me off is literally singing. Hold on. Oh my God, he's insane. This is the same dude that slammed on it. So first he cuts me off. He's hauling ass, right? And I had to pull to the side of the road so I didn't get run off. And then the next thing I know he slams on his brakes behind me and I'm like, as I'm talking, yeah, look, he's doing it again. Oh, this fucker is crazy. Yeah. He's, he's not right. He is not right. Uh, thank God he pulled down that street. Okay. Back to it. He ended up, um, slamming on his brakes and fucking, sorry, major distraction. Like the song, it wasn't me. Okay, that's especially funny. It was him. I saw him do it. <laughs> so ironic. Anyway, um, I was on a bit of a tangent or a bit of a rant. And so I just didn't see how my mother spoke to me when I was younger as problematic. And I had a few of my friends and my boyfriend, my very first boyfriend, Brett had said something to me like, your mom does not respect you. She has no respect for you. And, um, and I remember constantly being told and, and, um, chastised by her that I didn't allow her to set proper boundaries. And that was a major trigger for her. Like every time I brought up boundaries, uh, she would get fucking feisty with me. And the last time we spoke, the very last time we spoke before I told her not to contact me anymore and not to talk to me anymore, uh, she had called me a bitch because I wouldn't participate in cutting down her best friend um, simply because she failed to establish proper healthy boundaries by communicating to her best friend, look, my knee hurts, I'm going to sit down. And instead, she encouraged me to berate her friend who was... I don't think she intended that. I think she was frustrated with me or her lack of connection to me or something. There was something where I wasn't giving her what she wanted and she was very frustrated. So she crafted this story and she started to talk shit about her best friend. And I just said, no, I'm not going to fucking do it. Like, I'm not going to fucking do it. It's not my fault that you, you know, you don't know how to establish clear boundaries. And I think at the very beginning of my twenties, 
there was a period of time where my mother and I didn't speak because she said to me, I am establishing healthy boundaries and that includes you and you're too codependent on me. And she basically like told me to fuck off uh, and that she was focusing on herself and that's fine. But I was also like, you know, a young mom going through a lot of shit, just got out of abusive marriage. I was looking for a mom. I was looking for a family and I got a boundary. I got a fucking wall. I mean, she's real good at the walls with me, but when it comes down to other people, she's a, she push she totally push over. Like she will just go with it and then hate you later. And I don't get it. Um, but that is a significant indication that there was a lack of, um, respect and care paid to the child from the parenting, like the upbringing, a lack of being able to produce healthy boundaries is a significant sign that there's issues with the early childhood development and a sense of self-worth, which is a big red flag. So I, I just like to look at the things that people tell me about their childhood. If they got a real fucked up childhood and they haven't gone to counseling at all, then I'm not trying to fucking date you. Um, (laughs) And so I've just been noticing a lot of stuff uh, because I've got a lot of fucking time. I got a lot of time in my quiet ass apartment and I am used to having someone to constantly like bounce things off of or share or speak with. And um, I just lost that person so abruptly, so quickly. And it's really lonely. Like... I remember when I was younger, my mom would call me if I, I mean, if I had the audacity to have plans, cause like I was never allowed to do anything or have a sleepover. If I did, I had to promise that I'd be back early in the morning so we could spend time together. And it was just like very smothering. Like it was really overwhelming because I was expected to entertain and provide a sense of purpose and, um, fulfillment to a woman that didn't have it for herself. And so she saw being a mom to me as a way to get that. And I was being used as a means to feel fulfilled or feel like she had a purpose or to feel happy. And when I wasn't contributing by just sitting there and going antiquing with her and like fucking gardening. I don't like either. I didn't like either of those things. I still don't fucking like either of those things. I'm sorry. I just never had an interest in it. And I think that, um, it's rare to see a parent with a teenager at that age, forcing them to comply and become their social friend bubble. Like, there was a lot of pressure put on me at a very young age. And so I learned to deal with feeling like I didn't get to talk about how I felt. I didn't get to talk about what I wanted to do that weekend. I didn't get to fucking make the plans. And so part of my relationship with Brent had a lot to do with complying to whatever it was that he wanted to do. Like, Oh, what do you want to do? Okay, we'll go do that. And it was just second nature to me because of Brad too. I mean, like I was groomed for a fucking abusive relationship from the get go. Like from jump, I had no promise of a healthy relationship. My dad died. I had been in and out of daycares my entire life. Never seeing my mom at one point. I'm pretty sure my mom fucking ditched me and then had to take me back. Um, 
And I just think to myself constantly, like, and then you wonder why, like, you have all these feelings, you know, um, that are like, they're surfacing, they're all coming out. Like it's just there. And so I have a lot of, a lot of shit to sift through. And I guess for me, because I felt like our marriage was just going through a bad time. I thought we would get through this. I thought eventually we would grow past this. It was just a weird, shitty time. Um, and then he jumped ship and I didn't know how to process that. Like I was very, very suicidal initially. Um, because that feeling of just not having anyone, not having anyone, no one to talk to, especially if you have someone to talk to for so long and, um, and having someone to run to when things get weird, like going out into this life or rather being left in this life, like a declawed kitten in the fucking wilderness with lions everywhere. It's scary as shit. But then I turn around and I can't, like, I can't bounce. I've known that. That's why I've stayed. I can't bounce. My kids fucking need me. They need me. Like, they fucking need me. And I have to be here. And it's some days, it's hard. It's fucking hard, dude. Because I just look around and I'm like, this whole world has gone to shit. Like, fucking Dante Wright. This 20-year-old fucking kid got killed by a fucking bitch. and didn't know the difference between a taser and a gun. And it's like, you see that shit play out and it's just like, God, a whole, like a whole lieutenant, a whole lieutenant got a traffic stop and these motherfuckers pepper sprayed him. He had to drive to a well-lit gas station because he was terrified. I mean, the conversations I have with my passengers about police brutality and just the reality of black people in America is, um, it's astounding. Every single one of these parents. Every single one of these parents have had the conversation with their child. What to do when you get pulled over. What to do in a traffic stop. How to act. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. If you can, make sure that your lights are on. Announce to the police everything that you're doing. These are real life conversations that my passengers have shared with me about the conversations they had with their children. And that's sad. And I think about this whole world and it's like, God, like we got this coronavirus and the fucking financial collapse that's impending. And it just feels so pointless. Like it feels like I'm just, we're just going to fight for what? Like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and perhaps that's why I stayed gone so long. But I genuinely feel like, like just keeping myself here is hard. And the only reason why I'm fucking doing it is because I have kids to do this for. Like, they have to have a safe place to land. They have to have me. And, um... It just got really real. It got super real as soon as Brent bounced. As soon as all the hate and the... And the... And it was cyberbullying. Like... I had a bitch that was prepared for war with me and I didn't even know she existed. Like he gave us two separate stories and he's going to say to the end that we were done and whatever, but fuck you for that. Fuck you for not being honest with me. Fuck you for not being honest with her. 
fuck you for not being honest with our daughter. You're going to fucking lie like that? You're really going to lie? Fine. Fuck you. But for real, like, when it came down to the, to the mix of it, and I was asking myself, what is keeping me here? I immediately drove to my fucking kid and I picked her up and it was the weight of her pushing my feet down on the ground that I hold on to that I keep with me because when it gets to the darkness, it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere in my life right now. And I'm finding my ways, like I'm finding the light, like I'm going to wake up early and go on a beautiful hike that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, I'm quitting drinking and I'm trying to focus on just my, my ability to stay employed with a good job and a, like a good career that I am thriving in. Like, I know I can do this. I just have to show up every day. I just have to show up every day. That's it. That is all that's required of me at this very moment. I don't have to do anything specific. I don't have to fucking do anything dramatic. I just don't leave this planet because my kids need me and I go to work every day and at some point this darkness will fade and I will be in the light again and it will be amazing. But right now it's really grim and um, I'm going through some shit and I'm processing all the things, you know, (sighs) but there are positives and while it may seem like everything's a shit show I've learned very quickly who's on my team and I learned very quickly that the people on my team have limits and I need to be respectful of that and I need to accept that they are human too and there is a part of me I think that just didn't fully recognize that until now and I look back at all my connections and I look back on my marriages and like the ways that things played out and I know it could have gone different I know it should have gone different and I'm sad that they're over but that doesn't mean that the rest of my life has to be me feeling like I've lost something and I'm never going to gain it back. I'm going to find new love. I'm going to fall in love again. It's going to happen. But I'm not ready for that because I'm still dealing with my heart right now. And I'm still trying to understand who I am and where I came from. And all of the traumas I've gone through that made me who I am and how I speak the way that I do and the ways that I think so that I can, so that I can fix them if they're harmful to other people. These are the things that I'm working on for myself. These are the things that I'm working on for my daughter. And I'm doing it with like a ferocious will. Like I just like fucking claws out go time. Okay. Um, it's, it's happening now and I'm really scared and I'm really nervous and I'm really anxious and I'm really sad and I'm really mad but it's raw and it's true and it's here. And that's all that I can give is myself. Um, so thank you for listening to me kind of open up about the shit I'm processing right now. And I'd like to encourage you 
If you want to send me a voice clip about maybe a story that made you do the same or things that you're realizing about yourself, like, it just helps to not feel alone when you're in the darkness. Like, it helps to know that other people have gone through that darkness and that they emerged through the light. That there will be another day and that their morning, like, the morning will come after the night, you know, like... Relief comes with early morning light. I think one night when I was younger, I'd, uh, it was a very bad night. And I thought about just taking a bunch of my mom's pills and never waking up. Like, I just didn't want to fucking do it anymore. I was, even as a teenager, like, it just, I struggled with those thoughts. And, um, uh, I just remember thinking to myself, okay, here's the deal. You're not going to fucking take the pills. You're not going to take the pills. You're going to go get that fucking Chinese food in the kitchen and you're going to eat that instead. And I walked in and that was literally my fucking Chinese food cookie. And it's true. Like it's fucking true. It was my fortune cookie. And I held on to that Every time I would feel like that, every time I would get to that, like, place, I would tell myself that I would find relief in the morning. That I can hold on for just one night. Just be here today. Just show up. Just, just show up. That's all that's required. Just be here. And so here I am. And it's, it's a weird place, but it's not, it's not going to be like this forever. I hope that you guys are doing okay, and I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.